Welcome to the Grace Baptist Church podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Before we begin, please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at Grace Baptist Church. We'd also love to connect with you online at gracekettering.org. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy the episode. Let's find Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. And we're going to look at verse number 13. We're going to read down this morning uh, and we're going to consider this this message about we're in the middle, part two of the pastor's conference there in, uh, in Miletus with the Ephesian elders or the Ephesian pastors. Let's look at verse number 13, Acts chapter number 20. If you're all there, say a good hearty amen. amen. All right, so we are engaged this morning. We're ready to get in the word. The Bible says this, and we went before to ship and sailed unto Asos, there intending to take Paul, for so he had appointed, minding himself to go afoot. And when we uh, met, uh, when he met with us at Asos, we took him uh, in and came to Miletlene. And we sailed thence and came uh, the next day over to Chios, and the next day arrived at Samos and tarried at uh, Trigilium. And the next day uh, we came to Miletus. For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend the time in Asia. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Guys, if you could give me the map so that we are all aware of where uh, where Paul is here. uh, There in uh, coming down out of Macedonia, uh, out of Philippi, down um, past Troas, and down there to to Miletus. Uh, It's about 30 miles south of Ephesus and he's going to meet the Ephesian elders there. He didn't have time to go up into the city of Ephesus where he'd spent significant time on this third missionary journey. He just needed to have a brief meeting, a conference in a hotel there in Miletus. That's the idea, maybe a Hilton, I don't know what it was. But they're going to have a a conference there, and they're going to meet together and do some work together. Verse number 18 or verse number 17, and from Miletus he sent to the Ephesian uh, to Ephesus and called the elders, the pastors of the church, And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia, that's the region, after what manner I have been serving with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, Paul had problems too, which befell me by the lying in wait or the ambush of the the Jews, and how I kept nothing back, that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jew and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem. I want you to notice that. I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things... That shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me. I want you to read that phrase out loud with me. 
ready begin, but none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And I'll read on. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. He goes on to challenge them in verse number 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers. There's another word for pastors, another job description. To feed, it's the idea of pastoring, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And aren't you glad he purchased it with his own blood? You are the church, right? You're the church, and that's who he's talking to there in Ephesus, and uh, so to us today. Let's ask God to bless our time in the word. Father, thank you so much for your, your word today, and that we can open it up and know that this is absolute truth from cover to cover, and that we can rest in it being true, but also can explore it and apply it to our lives. And so I pray that you'd help us to do that today. Would you meet every need that is represented here this morning? We'll give you praise for doing so. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for standing so much. So Paul is on the end of his third missionary journey. Uh, he has been in many different places. As you saw on the map there, he's been all the way over to Corinth again. He's been in Achaia. He's ministered to them. He's followed up with all these believers. And that's what his big heart was on this missionary journey, was to uh, first establish the church there in Ephesus, but then to go around and, and really just root in all the other disciples, to, to root in, make check up on the disciples there in Corinth, check up on them in, in, uh, in Philippi and all, all the other places around Macedonia. He's just going to check up on them and really just help root them in as, as believers and followers of Jesus Christ. So his two main focuses in this missionary journey was discipleship and evangelization or uh, church planning. And, and, and this was what he was focused on and, and this was what he was accomplishing. So on this last leg um, back, he, he, he could have just left from Corinth, but he had, by providence of God, he had heard that the Jews were going to assassinate him on a, on a boat. And so he decided that he's going to go by foot. Wouldn't you decide to go by foot? Right? So he's going to go by foot, and he travels a much greater distance. He travels up through Macedonia, down and gets on a ship, and then travels down to Miletus on his way to Jerusalem. He wants to be there for the high and holy day of the Passover or Pentecost. He wants to be there, and he wants to be a part of the festivities on on that day. And so he's traveling back, but he really is burdened that because he's not going to see these, these believers again there in Ephesus, he's really burdened that he leaves them well equipped to engage the day, to, to stand firm, as he would tell them later on in the book of Ephesians. He wanted them to be able to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He wanted them to understand uh, right doctrine. He wanted them to understand how the church is the function. And so he stops by there uh, in Miletus, and he calls down these pastors, and 
he calls them down for a particular reason to, to really invest in their lives. And I just want us to realize Paul demonstrates to us that an effective way to lead is to lead leaders. And so by getting all the pastors together, he was going to influence all the believers there. When you encourage a pastor of a flock, you encourage the people of that flock. And so that's what he was doing. He was gathering them all together. And no doubt, they they met in multiple different locations across the city of Ephesus. So he's calling all the pastors, all the elders together, those that God had placed in in leadership there. He's calling them all together for for this purpose, to invest in them, to encourage them, and to help them. So as we said back on the 26th of June when we started this this two-part, now three-part message, uh, in a pastor's conference, we we said we're going to get this opportunity just to kind of crawl inside of what it would be like to be in a pastor's meeting. When Paul is challenging these guys, not as just uh, just as uh, as uh, individual Christians, he's, he's challenging them in their leadership. He's challenging them as pastors and how they can lead well. And so we have this opportunity to be in this pastor's conference today. I want to just review. You notice that we already preached the first point, And I want to just review that for a moment so that we, we know where we are going. We went over the fact that Paul told these pastors about his ministry philosophy. What made Paul tick? What made Paul go? Uh, how did Paul approach the ministry? And we realized that Paul was very thankful as he went into the ministry. He was very thankful to the Lord. And he says, hey, listen, guys, you've observed my ministry. You've observed it all. And I lived it in that way so that you could observe it. But they had seen, and he wanted to underscore for them, that he was, first of all, a servant of God. He was a servant of the Lord. And he says that in verse number 18. He says, you know from the first day that I came into Asia, that's the region of Ephesus, after what manner I've been with you at all seasons. And then notice verse number 19, serving the Lord. Say that out loud with me. Serving the Lord. One more time, a little louder. Serving. There you are. And so he says, I'm not serving you as the Ephesians. I'm serving the Lord. And that's very important. If you're going to have, if we're going to be uh, staying in our ministry, if we're going to stay faithful to the Lord, we have to remember we're not serving people first and foremost. We're serving the Lord. And we'll burn out. We'll get very weary very when we get our eyes on people. Do you agree with that? Yeah, people disappoint, right? We all disappoint someone at some point. We're all going to annoy someone at some point. We're all going to let someone down. And Paul had it in his mind, and he told these guys, you've seen me, you've seen me, you know my manner of life from the first day till now. You've seen the fact that I've served the Lord. And listen, if you can just walk away from the day just reminding yourselves, I am a servant of the Lord. You say, well, I'm not a pastor. You are a servant of the Lord as a follower of Jesus Christ. You're a servant of the Lord in your workplace. You're a servant of the Lord in your home. You're, Dad, you're a servant of the Lord in your home. Amen, guys? We're a servant of the Lord. And, and to remind ourselves that though people might disappoint, we're servants of the Lord. Paul was a servant of the Lord in Ephesus. He was a, he was a bond slave. He, he gave himself to serve like the Lord Jesus Christ there in Ephesus. He was a humble servant of the Lord. He did not think much of himself. Uh, We said that humility is not thinking less of self, but it's thinking more of God. And Paul had a high view of God. And so 
as he served the Lord, he was just uh, amazed at the opportunity that God would allow him as human flesh, as a, as a, a, a former persecutor of the church, to serve him in such a grand way to bring the life-giving message of the gospel to the Ephesian believers. And so he was a servant of the Lord in all humility. And so he was willing to uh, take, the, uh, take the problems. He was willing to take the, the affliction there in Ephesus. He was willing to take the, the, uh, the harm to himself, the the going without, he was willing to do all that because he was serving the Lord, and serving the Lord was his greatest privilege. And it's our greatest privilege, too. But I want us to know also that the way that he approached ministry is not just as a servant of the Lord. I'm not, I'm not first and foremost serving people. I'm serving the Lord, and by serving the Lord, I serve people. He also approached the ministry as a steward of the word. He realized that he had an obligation with the word that God had given him. Now, God has given us all the word, has he not? Now, hold up your Bibles this morning. You're privileged. You're privileged. Whether it's on a device or it's in print, you're privileged. There's many people around the world that do not have a copy of the Word of God. You are privileged. Praise the Lord. We have the Word of God, but we're stewards of the Word, and Paul understood that. He said in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, he says, To wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing, not accounting their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. How is your co-worker going to know how to be reconciled with God? Well, he's committed to you the word of reconciliation, and now it's your responsibility. You are a steward of the word of, the, of reconciliation, and now you have the opportunity to give it to others. Paul realized, as I go sail past Ephesus, they need the word of reconciliation. As I go to Corinth, they need the word of reconciliation. It's in, my, it's in my charge. It's in my hands, and I must do something with it. And so notice in verse number 20, he says, and how I kept nothing back from you. As I served the Lord, I kept nothing back from you. I showed you. I taught you publicly. I went house to house testifying to the Jew and to the Greek. I, I, racism was not a, even a, in my mind. Everyone is equal and everyone has an opportunity um, before a holy God to receive the message of the gospel. And he says there in verse 21, I went everywhere testifying this to all people, repenting towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. I preached the message. I stewarded the word that God gave me. I gave it to you. So how did Paul approach the ministry? As a servant of the Lord and as a steward of his word. And that's the same way that we have to approach the ministry today. We're all servants of the Lord, amen? We all are stewards of his word. Your life may be the only Bible some people will ever read. We are stewards of his word. And so we have the obligation this week to go out with that same ministry philosophy. I have that obligation. Paul is speaking to pastors, but do you know what those pastors are going to do? They're going to take this back to Ephesus, and they're going to preach this, and they're going to encourage the people. Hey, let's be servants of the Lord like Paul was. Wasn't Paul such a blessing to us? Let's be like him. Wasn't Paul such a blessing as he opened up the word? Let's be like him. Let's steward the word. Let's take it into the shops. Let's take it in the public square. Listen, our world is not getting brighter. It's getting darker. The only thing that's going to light the world is the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and the light of his truth. And we need to be stewards of the word in this day. We need to take Paul's philosophy and run into our country and our city, our, 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 our workplaces, and our 
families with the, with the light of the word of God and, and with the same ministry philosophy. So, understand, Paul's coming to the, to the end course of his ministry. I mean, he's on the downside of, of his ministry. If, if 40 is the top of, you know, top of the hill and the rest is downhill from there, right? Paul, is, Paul has crested the hill. He's on the other side of the, of the slope, so to speak, in ministry, and he is still going. And I want us to notice this. He shares his philosophy with them. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a steward of his word. But Paul wasn't telling them, hey guys, I'm going back to Jerusalem and I'm retiring. I'm going to find a nice place um, with a nice view. And I'm going to tap into my retirement account and I'm retiring. Yeah, I'm just going to enjoy life. I've worked for that. Now, we've gotten in our mindset in, in American Christianity that when we retire from our work, we also retire from God's work. No, we don't retire from God's work until we get to heaven. Right? So if you're in your retirement years, these can be some of the most fruitful years of your service towards God. God's allowed you to set aside things and to be unhindered in that way. And you say, have you noticed the inflation? <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, this can be a little bit of a tumultuous time, but, but at, the same, at the same time, you are in some awesome years of your life. You say, I can't do what I used to be able to do, but you can do what you can. You can do what you can. You can pray. You can encourage the next generation. You can invest in the next generation. And so Paul was not coming to the end and saying, hey, listen, guys, it's all on you because I'm going back to Jerusalem and I'm just going to take it easy. I've had these missionary journeys. These have been hard. I've been beaten. None of you have been beaten. I've, uh, I have uh, been stoned and died there in Lystra. None of you have gone through that. I think it's time that I just go back and chillax. No, that's not what he's going to do. In fact, I want you to notice in verse number 23. Would you look, uh, look with me in verse number 23? And I want you to read those first uh, five words out loud together with me. And now, behold, I go. Let's say that again. And now, behold, I go. And he goes, I'm going bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. And I want us to realize Paul's ministry path. All right, guys, where am I going from here? You're here in Ephesus. Right now we're in Miletus having this, this discussion. You've heard my philosophy. Where am I? from here what is Paul going to do going forward what can you count on the Apostle Paul doing while you're doing the work of God there in Ephesus what can you count on the Apostle Paul to be doing going forward and I want us to realize that Paul's focus was forward it was it was it was full of vision it was not you know what I'm coming to the end of my life and I'm just going to back away I won't you know won't be able to be as engaged anymore uh, no it was forward and what I really get from the Apostle Paul is him saying, I am serving the Lord, and I am leaning into it, and I want you guys to know about this. I, I'm leaning into my service. Behold, I go now bound in, in the Spirit. The, the Holy Spirit's still working in my, in my life, and I hear the words of the Apostle Paul to the Philippian believers. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I, I'm serving Him, and I'm leaning into His work. I'm not, I'm not stepping back. I'm not 
going to just go hang out in Jerusalem. I'm going there for a purpose. And so I also remember what the Apostle Paul told the Corinthian brothers, therefore be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And so he's leaning into it and he says, I'm going forward. I'm going uh, on a path, I, I'm not stopping. I'm not going to, to cease serving the Lord. I'm going forward. And he wanted the, um, the, uh, the Ephesian pastors to know that. This is important. When the next generation, when the next generation uh, or the above generation uh, kind of takes the, on the, the, the foot off the gas pedal, do you know what it does to the younger generation? Do you know if you have a church where the older generation, the 50s plus, take the foot off the gas pedal, do you know what it does to the kids that just sang? Well, if it's not that important to them, why should it be important to us? If they don't see an increasing burden in you, in you, you say, but I can't do the things that I used to do. God knows that. God made you. Psalm 103 says he knows your frame. He knows that, that we're but dust and we creak and we groan as we get older and we have problems. He knows all that, but you can do what you can. And I'm telling you, having a fervent spirit, you might have a broken down body, but having a fervent spirit rubs off. And so Paul was saying to these, these that were younger in the faith, hey, I'm going to Jerusalem, I'm going bound, I'm still letting the Holy Spirit guide me, I'm still letting the Holy Spirit prompt me in the way and and friends if i could just encourage us here in our church the younger generation must see in the older generation of the church still that same spirit with with the apostle paul i go bound i'm still moving forward i i still have something in my heart the spirit is still speaking to me and and i'm still letting him guide me i he says i go bound unto jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there and he's listening to the holy ghost in verse number 23 the holy ghost witnesses in every city saying bonds and afflictions abide me we think a lot about we think a lot about our convenience and our comfort Paul was going bound in his spirit to Jerusalem, not considering his comfort. Not considering the convenience of whether it was going to be easier or not. No, he was going, obeying the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I go, why? Because the Holy Spirit said so. The Holy Spirit wants me to go. I go bound. I go obligated. The word bound is almost the idea of physically restrained. The, the idea that, the, that he, he was so burdened by the Holy Spirit, I must go to Jerusalem. Well, what an encouragement to those young, uh, younger pastors there in Ephesus. Paul is still following the Lord, and we should too. And you know what? When you make that same determination, I'm going to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells me to do, what an encouragement to the younger generation what an encouragement to the younger generation. This thing's real. They still feel it even though they groan and they, they hurt and they're physically not as uh, uh, able anymore. They're still in it. Their heart's still in it. They're still vibrant. They're still fervent in the spirit serving the Lord. And oh, that we would have that across the generation of our, our church, a fervent spirit. I go bound. I, I'm going to do what God has told me to do. So Paul was willing to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit even though there were afflictions ahead. Friends, we have many afflictions in our day. 
Maybe not more than the Apostle Paul. We certainly are not asked to give up our lives for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. But there is afflictions that are mounting in our day. And, and the question for us is, are we willing to obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit, the, the binding of the Holy Spirit when he, he says, you need to witness, you need to stand up, you need to call your representative, you need to serve in that ministry at the church, you need to uh, give to that person, uh, you need to be generous there. And when he binds us in our heart, do we say yes, no matter what the affliction are? No matter what the downsides are, well, God said to, so I say, yes, sir. That was Paul. And that's what he was showing to the Ephesian elders. So what I want to see, what I want us to notice in Paul's ministry path forward, he was going forward in faith. The Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to Jerusalem. The Holy Spirit said, when you go there, there's going to be trials, there's going to be afflictions. And you know what the, Paul said? Yes, sir. I go bound, pastors over in Ephesus, I go bound, I'm going to Jerusalem in obedience to what the Holy Spirit has said to me. And so we ought, in the same way, obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now that is as practical as when you leave here today, before you even leave here today, the Holy Spirit, no doubt, will prompt your heart about some specific action that you need to take as a result of hearing His Word. And the question will be, Will you obey that prompting? Will you say yes to the Holy Spirit? And will you, like Paul, go forward no matter, no matter the hardship, no matter what it'll cost you, no matter what inconvenience it will be, will you go forward saying yes to the Holy Spirit of God? That was Paul's ministry path forward. It was a path of faith. It was a for, um, going forward in faith. But I want us to notice as we continue on, look at verse number 24. But none of these things move me. What things? Well, the Holy Spirit's saying you're going you're gonna to have bonds and afflictions. There's going to be problems. When you get to Jerusalem, there's going to be some sparks. People aren't going to like seeing you here. They're going to they're gonna take this opportunity to get after you and, 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 and persecute you. So, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course. And so Paul's ministry path forward was not just forward in faith, yes to the Holy Spirit, trusting his hand and tr on depending on him to, to guide in the days ahead. But also it was, a, it was a ministry path forward to finish. Did you see that in verse number 24? So that I might finish my course with joy. Say that out loud with me. So that I might finish my course with joy. The reason Paul says, it doesn't move me. It doesn't change my mind. Because in his, in his heart, there was a goal. I want to finish my course with joy. I want to finish what God has given me to do. Now let's break this apart for a moment. The idea of finishing a course is to complete one's mission. I remember when I first started working construction. It was in Winona Lake. On Winona Lake, we were remodeling a, a very large over a million dollar remodel and it was a we i worked for a high-end uh, general contracting company and uh so i was in i was in college and it was going to be much better uh much better pay for me and so I, I started working for this guy and and uh i remember him taking me back into this this room there was a lot of demolition and i remember him giving me uh a wonderful 
uh, high-level job of taking out all the nails, Brother Minnow, out of the, that had been left behind from the drywall being torn down. Just a wonderful, high-level building job, right, Brother Tom? I mean, just, it was just, it was exciting. A wonder bar, a hammer, and a bunch of nails. Get them all out. Don't miss them, all right? You know what? And you know what? To finish the course that, that day was to make sure that every one of those nails was out of that, that room. That was the assignment. We've all been given assignments in work. We've all been given assignments in life, right? Maybe you're even thinking about a specific assignment. Maybe it was your first assignment on a job you're thinking about, and you finished the course. You do it to the best of your ability. Paul says, I, 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 my desire is to finish the course with joy. Part of finishing the course with joy is not just my joy, but bringing joy to my master, bringing joy to my employer. That's true joy, right? If the employer is happy, then everyone's happy. If mama's happy, then everyone's happy. If, if, if God is happy, everyone's happy, right? You'll be happy if God's happy. And so he is going to finish the course with joy, complete the mission, the idea of finishing the race, running the marathon, Brother Ron, right? All the way to the end. Even if you don't, even if you don't win, you're, you're going to finish it out. You're going to, by, by finishing it out, you win, right? And, and, and so you, you go all the way. And Paul's saying, I want to finish my course. Christian life is not a sprint, right? It is a marathon. And we all need to finish it with joy. We all need to finish the course that God has given us. Your course isn't everyone else's course. You know that Satan uses comparison as a, as a, as a while? One of his schemes... You ever notice you can be perfectly content and then Satan throws a dart of comparison and like your whole world comes crashing down. The Lord's had to, had to in this year, he has helped identify that as one of those darts that Satan just constantly throws. And I need to have up the shield of faith. And maybe you do too on that. Your course isn't everyone else's course. But God has given you a course. And you have the opportunity to finish that course with joy just like the Apostle Paul did. He, didn't, he couldn't just say that and, and make that his goal because he was a special person. No, Paul had the same flesh you and I had. In fact, as I was contemplating uh, the spiritual battle this week, it dawned on me that the same demons and the same devil that afflicted Paul and tried to trip up Paul and wage spiritual battle against the ministry that God had given to Paul are the same demons and devil that today are still trying to trip up the church and trip up you. Only difference now is they have a whole lot more experience. But Paul didn't have some corner on the market that he had special privileges. He, he had to finish his course that God had given him with joy, just like you and I have to finish it with, with joy. And so the, the result of, of finishing the course in a way of pleasing God, walking worthy, as, as Ephesians talks to us about, is, is the, the way that we are able to finish it with joy. When I please God. Jesus had a course. He came to earth to seek and to save that which is lost. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 12 and verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the only one that provides a way to have eternal life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. 
and he provided that. The Bible says, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the Father. He finished his course. Remember there at the cross, and those last hours on the cross, he, he said, it is finished. He fully accomplished the pain, the, the penalty of your sin and of mine there at the cross. He, he finished the course. Aren't you thankful he finished the course? Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me uh, it is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. And sometimes people think, well, you know, I can't, I can't be sure of any of that like, like Paul was because that's all in God's hands. No, if we'll take the word of God and we'll live worthy, we'll walk worthy in our lives and we'll do what he's told us to do, we can have the utmost confidence that when we stand before him, yes, we'll receive a crown of righteousness like Paul was uh, confident, but we, all also, we can also have this confidence, I have finished my course. You know, if I tell my children, I want you to do this, this, and this. I want you to wipe down the table in the dining room. I want you to pull out the chairs. I want you to vacuum the dining room floor. And then I want you to put the chairs back on, um, around the table neatly, straight, not wrapper jawed. I want you to put out the placemats. If they do all those items and they come to me and say, I'm done, they can have confidence that dad's going to be happy. Not, that's not arrogance. My dad's going to be happy because I obeyed. Right? And we get this, this twisted thinking that, well, we can't know what will happen in heaven. No, God has given us the instruction manual. We can be confident in his joy in us as we obey what the Holy Spirit prompts us to do. Do we all see that? We can have confidence in our standing before him. We don't have to wonder what's going to be like when I stand before him. We can have confidence in that when we finish the course. Turn over to John chapter 17. I want you to notice Jesus prays to the Father here, what we call his high priestly prayer. He prays for believers he prays for you, which is pretty amazing. But he says this, verse, uh, chapter 17, verse number 1, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. He, they were one in purpose. As thou hast given me uh, him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now I want you to read verse number four out loud with me together. Ready, begin. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. We talked about Jesus finishing his course. Paul talks about finishing his course with joy. Friends, we can follow in the footsteps of Paul and Jesus and be able to say at the end of our lives or at any point in our lives, up to this point, I finished my course. I've, I've done what he's told me to do. Do you have a desire in your heart to finish your course? I was listening to the funeral service of Ben Reimers and uh, I was touched particularly by that verse 
because I guess he shared it in a Sunday school lesson the Sunday morning, uh, the Sunday morning that he died. And he had read that verse, I have glorified thee on earth, I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Isn't that kind of interesting how the Lord allowed that to be read? One, perhaps as, as the person uh, speaking in the funeral said, perhaps one of the last Bible verses that he had read. Friends, we can finish our course. And whether that course ends at 24, whether that course ends at 15, or whether that course ends at 65, we can finish the course and finish it with joy if we are obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit. And so Paul's laying this out for them. How are these guys in Ephesus going to finish their course, their pastoral course, their Christian life course, if they're not obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit? So Paul is investing them. This is what you must do. This is what I'm doing. He also said this in, in verse number 24, and the ministry. And the ministry. I want you to notice, go back to Acts chapter number 20, verse number 24. Acts 20, verse number 24. He says, I want to finish that course with joy. And the ministry which I've received of the Lord. This idea of ministry is a role. Now, we all have a course. In this course of life that God has given us, he's also given us a role. How many of you have a spiritual gift this morning? Not sure? If you're a believer here today, you have a spiritual gift. You have a spiritual gift. You have a role in this body. Ephesians 4.16 says you're a part, you're, you're a joint in the body. You're not an insignificant part. You're a joint. You're, you're a part of the working of this body. You have a role. Paul had a role. I don't have the same roles as, as Paul did. He was an apostle. He was a part of, the, uh, of planting the early church. And, and, and as Ephesians talks about, the foundation of the church, the, the foundation, it's, it's set on Jesus Christ, but they were a part of the founding of the church. They had a specific role. And he says, my desire is to finish my role. Now, you can't finish someone else's role. But you can finish your role. You can do your role. You can do your part. And friends, when everyone does their part, the body increases. Living things grow. When everyone is doing their part and is healthy and doing their part uh, and doing what God has given us to do, the body will grow. And Paul did his part. Paul says, I, I have a desire to finish my ministry, to, to, to follow through on it that I've received. Now, I want us to realize that every single one of us can say the same thing as the Apostle Paul says there in verse number 24, the ministry which I have received. The ministry which I have received. What is the ministry? What is the role that you have received from God? What is your role? Some have enjoyed and I, I typically talk about this in our starting points classes, those that are coming into the church. Some have enjoyed going to our website and taking a spiritual gifts test. Um, there's a message there. If you go to our website under resources, you can also find a message that's been preached on the spiritual gifts and, uh, and be encouraged with that. But every one of us has a role. And it's your duty to discover that role and to deploy 
your gift in service to the Lord within the body and to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. We all have a ministry to fulfill. God has allotted, I, I, I was thinking about this, God has allotted to each one of us an amount of people to witness to in our life. I want you to think about that. God has allotted a certain number of people for every one of us to witness to while we're here on earth. What if that's 5,000 people? What if that's 10,000 people? You say, I don't know. I mean, over my life, you know, I, I don't know that I come in contact with that many people. Studies have been, have been done. How accurate they are, I, I don't know, but they, some would suggest that a person can interact with about 80,000 people in a lifetime. Takes 78 years, uh, minus maybe five years. Most don't remember the people they meet under the age of five. Um, but you, you minus those five years out, and uh, you, you, uh, you do a little bit of math, and you come up with this, this figure of 80,000 thousand people. Consider that. If God gave each one of us an allotted ministry of people that we are to impact for him, that we're to witness to, that we're to edify, that we're to encourage, friends, we have to take each day as a serious opportunity to fulfill our ministry. Not one day can go by wasted. Now, one day can we go by saying, you know what, I'm not going to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit today. I'm not going to listen to him when he says, call that person or text that person or send them a note or have coffee with them or go witness to that person. I'm not going to listen to him. If, if at any time we say no to the Holy Spirit of God, friends, we're failing at fulfilling our ministry. Do we all see that? We're neglecting the ministry, the allotted ministry that God has given to us. And so Paul's saying to them, I want to finish this ministry that I've received of the Lord. Paul, um, Jesus said in John 17, that same high priestly prayer, neither pray I for these alone. So he's talking about his disciples. He says, I don't just pray for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Do you realize as Jesus knelt there um, before, he, um, before he died, he literally prayed for, for me, and he, and he prayed for me in this way, by praying for his disciples and all those that would be reached through the ministry of his disciples and the, the ministry of those disciples. Now think about that. Jesus knows how many and who it is that he's allotted for you to minister to and to fill up your ministry toward. We want to be like the Apostle Paul. I want, to, I want to take this ministry that God has given me and I want to finish it. I want to finish it. I want to fulfill it. I want to finish it all the way. And so Paul was going forward with faith. Yes, the Holy Spirit prompted him to go to Jerusalem. There's going to be problems up there, but I'm not focusing on the problems and the inconvenience and the, uh, the, uh, the discomfort. I'm going to focus on obeying the Holy Spirit. And as I go there, I'm going to go there with a mind and a heart just like I have had before to finish my course and to finish my ministry. I'm going to do it to the best of my ability with God's help. And I, I'll be able to stand before God knowing that I'm going to receive the crown of righteousness because I've been looking for His coming because I've been wanting to finish my course. One last thing I want us to really catch here. 
Look at verse number 25. And now behold, and now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Well, that's encouraging. This is the last time we're going to see each other. I'm going to finish my course and, and I will die. I'm going to go to be with the Lord. And you'll have a course to continue on doing and fulfilling. I want us to notice that Paul didn't have any hindrance in his spirit. We talk about even this, this past couple of weeks as we've considered from a distance the life of Ben Reemers who died at the age of 24. Um, and if you missed Jonathan's testimony, I think it was last Sunday night, you can hear more details about that, but struck. And we'd say he died before his time. No, he finished his course. That was the course God had given him. And it's amazing sometimes when we think about death and coming to the end of our life that we get restricted, right? Like, I don't want to die. That's a tragedy. And it is, but sometimes we don't think about life, life right and, and the life that God's given to us. Because there is going to come at the end of a time, Paul realizes, he, he, I'm going to see your face no more. I, I'm going to come to the end of my life. And there's not a restriction in Paul. There's not a hesitation in Paul like, this is, this is a really sad day, so let's just all be sad and cry together. No, there was a, there was a freedom in Paul's spirit as he went to Jerusalem. I, I know because the Holy Spirit told me there's going to be problems over there at Jerusalem. I know that. And so, but I'm going, and I, I, I'm going with a freedom. Why? Why did he have a freedom in his heart? Why was there not this, this gloom that settled in over Paul and the, and the pastor's conference there at Miletus? Why was there a gloom that didn't settle in? Um, because Paul had freedom in his heart. I've done what God told me to do. I, I, have, I have operated towards you as Ephesian elders and to the Ephesian church and to the people over in Corinth and Achaia and Troas and Philippi and all these different places where churches have been planted, I've done what I must do, what God told me to do. And look at verse number 26, and I want you to read it out loud with me. Ready, begin. Verse 26. Wherefore, I take to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. Whoa. I am pure from the blood of all men. What's he talking about? In the Old Testament, Ezekiel in particular, talks about those that God calls to be watchmen if they do not sound the trumpet, do not give God's warning to his people, and they die or they face the consequences of their sin because they had not heard the word, that it was at the fault lied in the hands of the watchman. He was to sound a certain clear sound of warning, of declaration, and he was going to give on God's people the message. If he gave it, and they ignored it, that was on them. By the way, that still happens today. We believe in individual soul liberty as Baptists, and as such, it is my responsibility to declare the word and to nourish the flock with the word, but it is your responsibility to respond. I don't want to have, be a watchman with blood on my hands. And so sometimes people say, well, that's an uncomfortable truth. Well, with God's help, I want to share the uncomfortable truths as well as the comforting truths. Why? Because I want to be a watchman that is faithful to the word of God. 
and Paul wanted to be a watchman that was faithful to the word of God. And so how was this the case in his life? How was he pure from the blood of all men? Because he had not shunned, verse 26, to declare the whole counsel of the word of God. There was no area of the word of God he was not willing to talk about and willing to share and willing to teach on. Are we all there? We all understand that? Because he opened up the word of God. There's a lot going on today in what is called church. There's a lot of, 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 of making, making the word of God like Swiss cheese. I'm, I, you know, I'm just putting holes all through the word of God. I don't touch that. I don't touch that. I don't touch that. We only teach on the positive truths. We don't teach on anything that ruffles any feathers. Listen, there's going to be a very difficult day before God for that type of activity. We are responsible for the whole book. By the way, you're responsible for everything that's inside this book. Well, no, if I just don't read it, then, then I won't be responsible for it. How does that work when you get pulled over? I didn't know about that law. What, is the, what does the law enforcement officer say? Ignorance of the law is no excuse. The word, as Romans says, is an IV. It's an IV. It's right near you. It's available. It's available to you. And so Paul says, I'm free. I'm pure from the blood of all men. Uh, pa those pastors wouldn't see him again. But he could look at them and say, I'm free in my heart. I've given you everything God's told me to give you. I have communicated to you. I've encouraged you. I've done my very best. Was Paul perfect? No. Will any pastor ever be perfect? No. Was Ezekiel a perfect watchman? No. Was David a perfect king? No. But the, the, the idea is that they've done what God has told them to do to the best of their ability, getting right where they need to get right and going on where they need to go on. And, and, and so he says, I am guiltless, I'm clean, I'm free from guilt that I've withheld from you. I've done what I've needed to do. So Paul did not regret squandering gospel opportunities. He did not regret squandering discipleship opportunities. He had stewarded the word well. He had not hesitated. The idea of not shunning to declare the whole counsel of God, he did not hesitate on any matter that was in the Bible. He did not, he did not hesitate on any matter that God told him to give to the people. He was, he was totally transparent with it. He was very engaged. He was dedicated to giving the word to the people there at Ephesus and around that part of the world. We want to be free in our hearts knowing that we've shared the gospel and the word of God with everyone that God has allotted to us. Let me ask you, are you a watchman that is pure from the blood of all men? Are you pure from the blood of your family? Dads, have you declared the whole counsel of God to your families? Are you pure from the blood of your coworkers? I've declared, as God has given opportunity, the whole counsel of God. I'm pure from the blood of fellow church members. I've encouraged them with the word. I've edified them with the word. I've spoken the truth in love, as God has given opportunity, and the Holy Spirit is prompted. I'm free from the, the blood of all men. I've, I've done my best as I go about my life in the city, in the community, to share the gospel with those that I come in contact with. And with those whom the Lord opens up a door to speak the gospel to, I'm free from the blood of all men. That's a powerful statement that Paul is saying. Wouldn't you agree with that? Is that just for Paul? It's for us too. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe 
all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always. And because we have the presence of God with us, we can do this. We can do this. We can have the same testimony as the Apostle Paul had. Yes, he was a, his ministry philosophy, I'm a servant of the Lord first. I'm going to steward his word well. I'm going to go forward. I'm not giving up. I'm not going to Jerusalem to chillax. I'm going there in faith. I'm going there to finish my course. And I'm going there free in my heart that I've done what God's told me to do thus far. Can we all do that? Is that available to us? Can we try to accomplish that even this week? Can we take steps forward in this regard? Yes, we can. What's your ministry philosophy? I'm not a pastor, and we've already covered that. You're a servant of the Lord. How are you stewarding his word? What's your ministry path forward? Are you going forward in faith? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit today, starting now? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit? Yes, whatever you tell me to do. I'm going to finish my course. I'm going to fill it all the way up. So I can say, when I die, I'm going to stand before God. He's going to give me the crown of righteousness. I, I, I know because I've done what he's told me to do. I've obeyed him in full. I, I, I've done, I haven't always done it perfectly, but I've obeyed him. I, I've done what he's told me to do, and I have freedom in my heart. Boy, we want that. We want that. And so right now, as we come to the end of our time together, I want us to bow and pray and seek the Lord in this way. And I'm going to ask us just to find our knees, if you're physically able to, all across the auditorium. Because I believe there's not one person I could say, hey, why don't we come up? But there's not one of us as individuals who doesn't need this message. Every one of us needs to, to have a ministry philosophy like the Apostle Paul. Serving the Lord, stewarding His Word. Every one of us needs to be on a path forward in ministry. I'm serving him, and I'm leaning in. I'm serving him, and I'm leaning in. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. There might be some 50-year-old-plus individuals here today that need to ask the Lord to reignite their heart for serving the Lord. I'm serving him, and I'm leaning in. I'm not going to take these sunset years of my life and just chillax or back off and and lose fervency i'm going to go forward in faith go forward to finish my course go forward with freedom in my heart because i've obeyed and i've shared the word as the lord has commanded me to as you pray there this morning could i encourage you to simply Admit to the Lord, Father, I am your servant. I am your servant. And as I leave this place today, I choose to walk out a servant. I choose to go forward as a servant of yours first. Would you continue in prayer and thank the Lord for his word? Determining to steward it in every situation the Lord gives you this week, at home, your workplace, in the community, in the church. Could I ask you, are you obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit of God by faith? Is there a prompting that went 
disobeyed this past week that you need to get right about and obey the Holy Spirit today in that area. Do you plan to finish the life assignment God has given to you? Or are you just winging it? Do you know what God's given you to do? If not, you might be praying today, Lord, I don't have a vision for my life. I don't have a clear sense of what I'm supposed to be doing here on earth. I, I'm kind of wandering aimlessly. And you might just ask your Heavenly Father for that to be changed. It's going to start with obeying the first prompting that He's given you. Do you have freedom in your heart that you've shared the gospel with everyone God wants you to thus far? And if not, will you say, Lord, this week, as I come and gather back with my church family next Sunday, I want to have freedom in my heart that I've shared the gospel every time you've wanted me to. That I've shared the word every time you've wanted me to. I'm not asking for you to raise your hand if this is not true of you today, but the Lord spoke specifically to you in your heart today, specifically about some matter, and you've prayed about that matter today. Would you just signify that by raising your hand? The Lord spoke specifically to me. Amen. 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 It's good. Praise the Lord. And I pray that the Lord will meet you in that moment. See, God's so good to meet needs and to fill us and strengthen us. One more question. If you, uh, if you don't know for certain that when you die, that you'll spend eternity in heaven, that when your life is over, like Paul says, I'm not going to see you anymore. If you're not certain that when you die, you'll spend eternity in heaven, but you'd like to know that, and you'd like to get that settled. Is there anyone here today that say, Pastor, I don't know that for certain, but I'd certainly like to get that settled today. Is there anyone like that today? I'd like to get that settled. I'd like to talk to someone about placing faith in Jesus Christ and getting that settled, knowing that my home is heaven. Let's pray together. Father, we are so much in need of you. I think of the boldness that you gave the Apostle Paul to, to say these things to those Ephesian elders, and sometimes it, it might seem a little bit high, um, maybe beyond possibility, but knowing that Paul trusted in you and kept his eyes on you, it, this, is, this is perfectly within the realm of, of possibility for every single one of us here today. Lord, we're just asking that you would help us to put into practice what we've learned from the life of the Apostle Paul. Thank you for allowing us to have this special view, this perspective, this, this account of what happened in that meeting between him and the Ephesian pastors. Now, Lord, I pray that this wouldn't just be something we've heard, but something that we would go forward and do something with. And I pray that we would start doing that right now.
that we'd obey every prompting of the Holy Spirit of God. And so we pray your help, because without you, we can do nothing. And we love you today, and sure I'm thankful to be called the children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To learn more about Grace Baptist or how to have eternal life, visit gracekettering.org. And remember, you are always welcome at Grace Baptist Church.